Welcome, welcome to Talking Sports with Jolly Roger and G Money. G Money, we had a jam-packed Sunday out there. A lot of football, lots to talk about. How you doing today? Doing good. It is cold here in Colorado. Snow is already on the ground. It is a beautiful day, though, and yeah, some fun football day. Yeah, beautiful football. I mean, first impressions. Let's just talk about our Denver Broncos. Yeah, first time baby. In First time since 2015 that the Broncos have beaten the Chiefs. Uh, I'll say this. I turned 27 on Friday, last Friday, and this was the first time in my 20s that I've seen my Denver Broncos finish the job <laughs> against Kansas City, and we barbecued those Chiefs. We yeah played a great defensive game. Uh, we'll talk more about it, but... But man, what a day! What a day! There's a lot of fun, fun matchups today. What was yeah, your first It's always good to watch day? Chiefs lose, though. No, oh, absolutely. I love watching the Chiefs lose. Like that's my favorite. <laughs> well, that's the thing about the NFL. You got a lot of these good teams, but it's anyone's game, any given Sunday, right? Yeah. We've only seen one team in our lifetime go undefeated, and they still lost in the Super Bowl to a team that they probably shouldn't have lost to. So. Yep. Alrighty. Any any initial thoughts? Anything that you want to share going into the going into the podcast? Yeah, I mean, this was a it was a good week of football. There was a lot of good, interesting games. Obviously, the Philly and the Commanders game. That like I was glued to that game. That was just back and forth. That was a good divisional matchup. Um, obviously, our Broncos and our Chiefs game. Loved watching that one. Um, all the afternoon games too. Those were all great games. I think uh, all four of those were good. Arizona. Hung in there with Baltimore, um, Cincinnati, showing back up, kind of clicking all gears for offense. Yeah, there was there was some good games and stuff going on. All righty, well, well, let's tackle this game by game. But before we before we go into the games that have already happened today, uh, the Sunday night football matchup is about to start. We got the Chicago Bears visiting the Los Angeles Chargers in L.A. Nine and a half. Points for the point spread. LA is a favorite by nine and a half. And what are you what are you feeling for this game? Yeah, I mean, I I like the nine and a half with the Chargers. I mean, the Bears have been struggling, and obviously now with Justin Fields out and um, their backup quarterback in, I can't even pronounce his last name. But yeah, they're calling I him T Bag. His name is Tyson Badgett. What? Tyson Badgett. His nickname is T Bag. Yeah. <laughs> His name's T-Bag. <laughs> but obviously the Chargers in this one, I don't I mean the Bears would have to play out of their mind, like clicking on all gears. Badgett would have to T-Bag would have to have a game. Um but yeah, I mean Chargers I think are gonna bounce back from last week's game. I mean, they they played so poorly against the Chiefs, and this is an offense that we would love to see like explode. And I don't think we have seen that quite yet from the Chargers. I mean, you've got Herbert, you've got Eckler, you've got Allen, you've got guys, you've got playmakers. Obviously, losing Mike Williams sucks. But, yeah, I mean, this is an offense that should explode. Um, I do like the over in this as well. I mean, Chargers defense hasn't shown anything really to be impressed by. So we'll see if the if the Bears can pull it together and actually get some things to click. I think the over might hit. Yeah, absolutely. We we've seen this Chargers defense struggle a little bit. Last week they were giving up yardage left and right. 
earlier in the year. We saw that that they've had struggles and this Bears team's a little bit different with Tyson Badger. We've seen them be able to move the ball the past few weeks. I'm actually on the other side of this game. I actually just put in my picks. I just took the uh, Chicago Bears plus nine and a half. I think that I think the Chicago is going to come in here. There's no real home field advantage in LA anymore. The Chargers don't have a lot of true fans. And so Chicago, a historic team, they're going to have fans coming out tonight. It's going to be loud. They're going to want to represent out on the West Coast. And they're getting all juiced up to be on primetime TV. So I, my picks, I'm with you on the over, uh, over 46. I've got this game 27 23 Chargers, uh, but the Bears covering the spread. 50 mm. points total. Yeah, I like that cover. Again, if the Bears can pull stuff together, that they should easily cover this game. Oh, yeah. All righty. So let's, let's start running through some of the early games that we watched this morning. We'll start off with the Houston Texans coming off their bye week. They visited the Carolina Panthers. The yeah, Panthers... this was this was the disappointing game. I mean, Texans, I think, have been pulling it together. Obviously, Stroud is the best rookie quarterback this season. Um, they get Tank Dell back. They have a good, solid defense, and then you you lose to the last team in the league. It's like, what the heck? Like, what what are we doing? I was watching that game. That game was pretty frustrating. I mean, CJ Stroud still looks on target he threw some passes where i was like dang that that was close um to like interceptions and stuff but yeah it's like how do you lose to the last team in the league the carolina panthers and D'Amico ryan's has this defense firing on all cylinders i mean they only gave up 15 points today yeah the problem that they're seeing though is where's damian pierce mia this man we've been looking for him all season he was high on everyone's draft boards everyone Saw this great athlete coming out of Florida. He had a strong rookie year, and we thought that year two, that's usually the year that we see guys absolutely go crazy in the league. And Damian Pierce just hasn't been it. They've been utilizing Devin Singletary um, a little bit more, and he's like even cutting into some of the touches. But Stroud needs to have some help with that run. Get some guys open on the field, you know? So I think that that's been one of their main struggles that they're seeing. They compete against every team, but you can't be losing to the worst teams when you're going in and playing teams that are actually really good, you know? Yeah. No, it's, yeah, again, you keep a team to 15 points. I mean, in the NFL and the pros, that's amazing defense. Um, But yeah, like you're saying, like run has to be able to set up the pass and vice versa. You got to have both sides on an offense. Otherwise, you can't just keep expecting your passing game to run everything. Um, Damian Pearson, yeah, Singletary cutting into those. I mean, yeah, those guys got to step up somehow. I mean, Carolina kind of shut down the run today. Yeah, I'm just pulling up the stats right now. I was trying to see what Damian Pierce came away with, but I, it was very underwhelming. Let's see here. Yeah, there wasn't much. Let's see, it says he was six for 97. He had a touchdown. Longest was 15 yards. I'm showing that he had 12 attempts for 46 yards. Oh, I'm looking at, my bad. I'm looking at season stats. But still, looking at the season stats, six games played. 
Yeah, six games. Um, I misread that wrong. Six games played, 97 carries, only 281 yards. Yeah, so that's that's to my point. He's yeah. played six weeks. He's been he should be carrying a load a lot stronger than this. And say hi to Kobe for me. Yeah, he's he should barking. be he should Somebody's be carrying more of the he should be carrying more of the load for this team and taking a little bit off of his rookie quarterback. They play the Buccaneers next week. <laughs> Both of those teams are looking for a get get right week, you know? Yeah. Alrighty, we can move on to our second game of the day, talking about the absolute shootout in Dallas. Dallas Dallas has showed us two different brands of football this year. Dallas has showed us bully bully Dallas football where they go in and they just run up the scores. CeeDee Lamb is dancing, he's getting up, pointing to people's faces, acting as cocky as can be. The defense is just playing out of their mind. And then we've seen the flip side of that, where Dallas looks like they can't hang with some of the best teams in the league. And when I look at Dallas's schedule this year, it's really funny. They they absolutely obliterated the Rams today. But their schedule on the year, 40-point blowout, 20-point blowout, and then they got beat by 12 by an Arizona Cardinals team that's not good. And then 35-point blowout, and then they got blown out by 32 points by the Niners. And then last week was their only cl- – or two weeks ago – on Sunday night against the Chargers was their only close game, three points. And then they're back to a 23-point blowout this week. Who is this Dallas football team? Yeah, I mean, my initial thoughts with the Dallas team is when their defense is clicking, like their defense is playing, their offense is playing. Like, I again, going back to some of the earlier games in the season when defense was struggling, like the San Francisco game, their offense was just atrocious. Like both sides for them have to be performing well for them to put together a great game. But yeah, like you said, I'm looking at the rest of their schedule. I mean, they play Philly next. That'll be a tough game um, defensively. But again, like Philly with the commanders today, they gave up a lot of offense. So it's like if Dallas comes back out and CD lamb performs like that again and Dax on, like there's no reason that they should be, close to to the Eagles with that game. But you got Eagles, Giants, and Carolina. Those are their next three games. But, yeah, again, it's this bully bully ball, basically, but it's up and down. Like, one game, it's complete bully ball, and then the next game, it's like, yeah, just run right over us. We don't care. So my initial thoughts with that is, like, when their defense is playing well, their offense is going to play well, too. Um, they're, they're a team that feeds off each other pretty good. If one side of the ball is not doing well, the other side's going to struggle. And I can kind of see that in just the years past with them as well. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear every Cowboys fan now say that they're a Super Bowl contender after putting up points today. And it's like, well, show us that then. Show us that with with the Eagles coming up on your schedule. Right. From this Dallas team, I'd really like to see them run the ball with Tony Pollard a little bit more. Yeah, that too. They today they won by twenty three points. They had a huge lead the entire game, and Tony Pollard had twelve carries for fifty three yards, uh, averaging four point four yards a carry. In a positive game script like this one, shouldn't Tony Pollard be carrying the ball more? Meanwhile, we've got Dak Prescott throwing thirty one times today, throwing four touchdowns and an interception. Next week they're going into. 
they're going into Philadelphia and Philadelphia is yeah. a hard place to play. And Philadelphia yeah. just came off of a brutal divisional matchup where they squeaked one out against a team that I thought played better than them. And they're going to be ready for Dallas. Yeah. They're going to be ready for Dallas. They've been thinking about Dallas for two weeks because we saw it today. They weren't thinking about Washington today. They were thinking about Dallas next week. And so Dallas better be ready because if they're not ready to run the ball and play some real smash mouth football with the Eagles, which the Eagles just play a power power brand of football. If they're not yeah. ready for that, they're going to get hit right in the mouth next week like they did in San Francisco. Yeah. So congrats yeah. to Dallas and their 23 point victory, but I want to I want to see I want to see you beat some good teams, not just the yep. awful LA defense that marched in today. Plus they came off of a bye week this week, so that was another thing they had they had going for them. So Yeah, they had two weeks to prepare. Yeah, they had some rest. So it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to watch them. I think that that's probably the game of the week next week is Eagles Eagles Cowboys. That'll probably be for the NFC East. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a good game next week between those two guys. So the Eagles are a one loss team, and Dallas is a two loss team. This is Dallas's chance to get the upper hand on the division. So next week, I think, is a must win for Dallas if they want any good playoff positioning going down the stretch. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll end up right back in San Francisco for the divisional round and getting exited for the third straight time by San Francisco. Oh, yeah, exactly. Any other notes on this game? Nope. I think Stafford went away with an injury. So I think think Stafford, I'd have to look at it again. I was watching. I know he was walking off the field. I don't know exactly what the injury was. But, yeah, unfortunately, when you get to that age of his – tenure of quarterback stuff's gonna happen all right moving on to our next game of this morning was the green bay pack did you watch much of this game i watched a little bit of it um didn't watch much but i had i had hawkinson on one of my teams so he he did well man hawkinson crushed me today (laughs) yeah no he he did well but obviously the big takeaway from this game is Kirk Cousins with the injury with the Achilles. I mean, that's that just sucks. It's brutal. That's a brutal injury, and it'll be interesting now to see like, do they even try to bring Justin Jefferson back with Kirk Cousins now out? I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see what they want to do if they just want to keep those guys rested for the rest of the year and kind of just play or what. So there's actually a lot of talk, a lot to talk about going forward because. In two days, on Tuesday, is the trade deadline for the NFL. Trade deadline. So yeah. this, I think that this is actually a really important game for Minnesota. Obviously, the Lions have the lead in that division. They control their own destiny. But with Minnesota winning the past two weeks, had a great game against the 49ers, looked, looked pretty good today against a divisional team and a, a divisional opponent. I think that they're actually going to go out and try to find a quarterback and try to do something in the playoffs. This team isn't too far out of it. This team is right at 500 right now. They have a pretty easy schedule to end the year, at least the last like five, six weeks of the year, I know. Mm-hmm. So do they 
do they go out and try and get a Ryan Tannehill? Do they try and go get another quarterback from somewhere? We are, we I had heard a lot about maybe them trying to trade Cousins at the deadline to a team like the Jets, but now they're in the sweepstakes for a quarterback. So I don't know. That'll yeah, be something that we be, have to keep an eye on. They'll be shopping. I mean, if yeah, if they want to stay in it this next – I mean, they're probably shopping right now after that game. Their office is probably already working. And then obviously on Monday with the trade deadline on Tuesday. Yeah, if, if they want to stay in it, they're going to go out and shop because their backup right now is Jaron Hall which I think he's a rookie, um, if I'm mistaken. I can't remember, but I don't think he's played a ton. So we'll we'll see. It's an interesting situation in Minnesota. But and yeah, then, yeah, Jaron Green Hall, Bay. rookie out of BYU, doesn't give you a lot of confidence with the team. Yeah. That, that you don't... So far, our BYU quarterbacks have not performed. <laughs> that is very true. I really didn't have much to take away from this game other than I don't think Jordan Love is it at all. I'd have, no. I would love to hear from some Packers fans. I know a few of them. I'd love to hear what you guys are thinking about Jordan Love. Um, yeah, I would not, love some Packers. He has not input. been anything. He has not been anything to write home about lately. And we had, and we knew that there was going to be growing pains within this offense. We knew that there was going to be this step down from Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think that they anticipated it to be this brutal. He cannot get the ball moving on offense whatsoever. No. Their running game isn't doing much. Aaron Jones had 29 yards today. Their passing game, Jordan Love only had 229, and a lot of that came in the second half when they felt like they were pretty much out of it, down by two scores anyway. Yeah. That's really all I have for this game. That's all I got. I think that... Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs uh, leave something to be desired. I think that both of those guys have a ton of talent. Just kind of feed your talented players, you know? Yeah. So, all right, moving on. High scoring game at the Lucas Oil Stadium. The New Orleans Saints go marching in to a 38 to 27 victory over Gardner Minshew and the Colts. A lot of offense in this game, not a whole lot of defense. Yeah. Did you start Taysom Hill this week? I did not have Taysom Hill on my roster anymore. I dropped him about like three weeks ago, but definitely should have kept him. That dude was on fire today. The The Saints love to utilize Taysom Hill in every situation, and I find it still crazy that most leagues don't even know what to list him as. Like, do we list him as a quarterback or do we list him as a tight end? I'm pretty sure this week on most leagues he was listed as a tight end. Um, But, yeah, the fact that he's back there catching direct snaps in a wildcat and then just having a big old 350-pound bowling ball run in front of you to block on the goal line, you're probably going to score. So, yeah, the Saints, the only guys that I saw were Taysom Hill and then Rashid Shaheed with all the deep bomb passes that he had today, the deep touchdown that he had today from Carr. Um, but, again, a lot of offense. I mean, not a lot of defense in that game. We're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of utilization out of Alvin Kamara, too. Check down, yeah. check down Derek Carr has, yeah. been, has been all over throwing the ball to Kamara. Kamara. I'm actually going to read you a few stats. 
the rushing leader for the Saints, had nine attempts today for 63 yards, seven yards a carry. That was, who was that? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Seven yards a carry from Taysom Hill for 63 yards, two tutties, and a long run of 20 20 yards. Alvin Kamara. Half the or twice as many attempts. He had 17 attempts for 59 yards, four yards less than Taysom Hill. He had one <laughs> touchdown, three and a half yards of carry. But Kamara came away with four receptions for 51 yards. So he did have 110 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns because he had a receiving and a rushing. So he had a great fantasy day. That's crazy. I don't think that Taysom Hill should be your leading rushers. I don't know what, what their offense is doing. They got all these weapons, and they're using all the wrong guys, I feel like. Yeah. No, I think it just goes to show that, I mean, Taysom Hill is just one of those guys in the league that he's hard to cover because he's utilized everywhere. Like, they still run Wildcat, and you're like, he's in the backfield with a big old linebacker dude from their defense. Obviously, he's going to run it, and they still can't stop it. So, it's just crazy that he's able to go into the games like that, but it just speaks to – I think his level of what he's understood his role to be in the NFL and he's just gone along with it and he's made living off of it. Well, yeah, that's just a guy that'll do anything that you ask of him. Unfortunately, they tried to do that with Tebow and Tebow said, no, I want to play quarterback. And you know what? More power to you if you want to stick to your guns, but Taysom Hill has made a career out of it. And I see him in every single stat category on the offensive, on the offensive stats on, this website. So he's got passing yards today. He's got rushing yards and he's got receiving yards. Can't do much better (laughs) than that. You know? Yeah. That's crazy. And he's a guy that you see in there making blocks on, on big rushing plays. Like Kamara's running behind this guy. This guy's just a team player. He ought to go in the ring of fame for the, for the saints right behind Drew Brees. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's pretty crazy. I think on the Indianapolis side too. Obviously, the injury with Richardson this year sucks, but for the sake of like fantasy production from Pittman and a couple of their other downs, their wide receivers, Minshew is the better option for those guys to be able to put some points up on the board. I mean, Richardson's a great quarterback. I'm excited to see him next year come back from an injury because um, he is one of those QBs that can escape the pocket and run and rush, but. For the sake of the other guys on the, the team right now, I think Pittman and Downs, I mean, those two guys with Minshew as their quarterback, they're, they're getting some passes and creating some production for them. Yeah, they're going to be a fun team to watch going forward. Josh Downs has a lot of has shown a lot of explosiveness at wide receiver oh, for yeah. them. It's really, it's really sad because I felt like this offense was really evolving with Anthony Richardson and came to like a screeching halt and now has to develop a new identity just because Minshew and Richardson aren't the same quarterback. And so the positive is you got Michael Pittman and Josh Downs balling out with Minshew because we're passing the ball more. And I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to get a lot more production. I think that Minshew is going to be a better fit for Jonathan Taylor. But going forward, the offense is going to look very different next year. And so the points that they're putting up this year aren't going to be the same looking points that they put up next year. And hopefully they'll still be balling out next year, but they, they got to get a lot of help on defense. 
and they just got to figure out who they are. They're a, they're a young team, and I think that they have a bright future. But this year is not it. Nope. I this see them like, in... like play, like keep playing, play as hard as you can, obviously, so you can continue to learn and continue to grow. But yeah, your shot's going to be next year, obviously, with Richardson coming back. And yeah, they're. I think they've got this year a good one-two punch with Taylor and Zach Moss. We'll see if next year they keep Zach Moss for some reason. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor's going to be their running back for sure. Well, yeah, they, he just signed a mega contract, so he's got to yeah. be. But the AFC South is going to look interesting with that. That team is an up-and-coming team. We see Jacksonville starting to solidify as as a team that is really imposing their will on teams at times. Yes, they're still young yep. and still have their games, but they're, they've looked pretty good. And the up-and-coming Houston Texans, the AFC South is going to be a dogfight, I think over the next few years so that'll be a lot of fun to watch a lot of fun to yep. watch yeah yeah sorry i was grabbing the stats from our next game and if or afc afc division matchup in the afc east we got the patriots going down to south beach you thought this was going to be a uh, close game Divisional opponent, Patriots. Patriots going against a team that's really fast, coming off of a win against the Bills. What did you see from the Patriots this week? Yeah, I mean, I think I thought the Patriots started the game off pretty well. I mean, they they were moving the ball. Mac Jones was um, doing what he needed to be doing, but obviously the speed of Miami is just it's too much. Like. Tyreek is open all the time. I don't know how you cover him physically. Like he's going to be open. So you got to find ways to minimize his yards after he gets a catch. But yeah, New England, I, Mac Jones is not, not the answer for him. They, they need to move on for Mac Jones. Um, Cause I do think they've got some good offensive weapons. I mean, you've got Stevenson, you've got Ezekiel Elliott, who's not who he used to be, but I mean, they're utilizing him. I think he. I think Ezekiel Elliott got into the touchdown today. Um, but you got other guys. I mean, you got Kendrick Bourne and obviously Juju's in there in that mix too with their wide receivers. But Mac Jones is just not the answer. And I don't know if that's coming from the side of him or from the side of the coaching. Obviously, this is a new era for Bill. Bill is not relying on Tom Brady back there anymore to create for him and stuff. So. But yeah, Miami's going to be a contender this year. So the beginning of the game was good, and then Miami just started to click and figure things out, and Tyreek got some touchdowns. And yeah, they're just so fast. You can't you can't cover Miami. You got to figure out ways to minimize their yards after they get catches. I mean, they're going to catch it. They're going to create separation. They're going to get open. How can we minimize them after the catch? Yeah. I saw a lot of the same things. I just don't think the Patriots have a good identity as a team. They threw the no. ball to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine guys today. And the leader had 36 yards. Dang. So no guys are really producing for Mac Jones. Yeah, no. And they just got rid of, they just got rid of 
a few wide receivers this year that are seeing success in other places. Unfortunately, I think Bill needs to learn learn how to run things a little bit differently than he did with Tom Brady. Yep. And I think that yeah, Miami's I, just going to kind of run this, run away with this division quite literally and figuratively this year. And Tyreek is just going to be, he's leading the, he's leading the NFL with seven receiving touchdowns. He's already got a thousand yards this season. He's unstoppable. And it pains me to watch. Not a huge Tyreek Hill fan, but man, is he balling out. And Tua's getting him the ball. He's getting it out quick, quick and easy. But they, they did it from all sides today. I don't want to discredit the rest of the Dolphins. Their defense played well. Jalen Ramsey came back, got his first interception in his first game back. And then Raheem Mostert had a touchdown. Some other guys other guys were getting involved. Jalen Waddle finally hit over 100 yards. I think he had 121 receiving yards today. So that that Dolphins team is going to be a lot of fun to watch moving forward. It'll just be when they play teams that want to slow it down, like yep. the Eagles did last week. Yeah. They need to be able to yeah, respond. Be, when they get to teams like Philly and they get to some other teams that want to slow the pace of the game down, it'll be interesting to see what Miami adjusts to. Because obviously when another side of the team is going to slow the ball down and limit your time of possession – I don't think Miami can run some of those kind of gamble risk plays that they do where it's like, let's throw a deep bomb. It's like, well, we have a team that's going to take six, seven minute drives. We can't take a risk with those kind of plays and risk a three and out right away. Cause then we, we won't see the ball again until two minutes and a quarter left. But at the same time, it's like Miami only needs two minutes to score. Like they are so fast. Maybe less than two minutes, even. Yeah, exactly. All right, next, we'll head to the next game. Uh, we're heading to the Meadowlands. doesn't matter which team because they're both there. This one was a defensive matchup. Yep. The Jets came away with an overtime win, 13-10. to 10. Tyrod Taylor was unfortunately knocked out. Yeah, that one was brutal. I mean, he was on the ground, and that dude just came in and uh... – Think I'm pretty sure he got a rib injury, Tyrod Taylor, with that stuff. So, yeah, it was a defensive battle. I think at the same time, too, though, New York Giants offense is just atrocious as well, but Jets aren't any better. I mean, you did have the one major big play from Brees Hall today for the 50-yard touchdown. Um, But, again, that was on a check down. Like, Zach Wilson was just checking that down because nothing's open. Um, And the Jets get lucky. They get a 50-yard touchdown out of that. But, yeah, this was like – New New York's Super Bowl in New Jersey. Like, it was just both New York teams going at each other. And, like, nobody cares if one wins over the other. It's like they're not going to create a difference come playoff time. So, yeah. I mean, the unfortunate side is I think the Jets, if they had Aaron Rodgers this year, would have been a way different team. You know what's funny is I think that the best way to describe both these teams this game and both of these seasons is every year we get the New York hype. We get Brian Dable, Aaron Rodgers, all these weapons. And then we get the New Jersey football and it is not pretty. (laughs) It smells profuse. We've crossed the bridge. It is not where we want to live. 
Um, nope. And I know that I'm not even offending New Jersey people because they know. They know what I'm Because they know. About. Yeah. Uh, my my wife lived there. Uh, she'll she'll tell you all about New Jersey and New York and how she felt about the two. Uh, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on this game because I thought it was mostly ugly, and I think both of these teams are... I think the Giants yeah. are out of it. I think that this year's a scratch for them. Yep. The Jets, the Jets squeaked out a win today. They could have something going forward. People are, people are talking a little bit about Aaron Rodgers coming back. I don't buy it. We'll see. I mean, I he's doing some like crazy kind of medicine stuff, like he always is. Um, probably did another that. silent dark retreat or something. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, an Achilles injury. That is so hard to come back from within the season. Um, he's not coming back this year. He'll be back next year. No. All right, let's head on over to Pittsburgh. It was a cold one. It was a rainy one. Jacksonville went into Pittsburgh. Jacksonville has played four straight games since being in London, and they're finally heading into their bye week. I was I was yeah. happy to see the Jags come away with this win today, it was not pretty football on either side of the ball. It was hard for the Jags to score right off the bat. Yeah, was... they, I believe they got three straight field goals. Might be wrong. Yeah, the Jags, the Jags had three straight field goals, and Pittsburgh had a field goal, and it was nine to three at one point. And the football yeah. matched the weather. It was ugly. It was, it was kind of a slower paced game. There was a lot of, a lot of good defensive plays, but. Few touchdowns after halftime, and yeah, yeah, ugly like the weather. But I think at least on the Jacksonville side, um, they're they're an offensive team, and I think they just need to execute better. Like they have shown spurts within all of their games of like we're we're a legit offense. We can get the ball to guys like Etn to to Kirk to even I think Ridley kind of showed up today a little bit more too. Um, but they need to do it consistently. Like, you can't have spurts of that within a game. You got to have a whole game organized with your offense. And I think they just need to execute a little bit better. But again, going back to that, the AFC South division, like, they're in it. Texans, Colts, like, it would be a good division in the next two or three years. I was happy to see Ridley's usage today as a Ridley owner of fantasy. The two games that he's played with Zay Jones, he's scored over 18 points. And the six games that he's played without Zay Jones, he's scored under those 18 points. Last week, he had one reception for five yards. And this week, he had 10 targets, which was, I believe, as high for the year. Maybe week one was as high. But he had 10 targets this week, six receptions, 83 yards. One of the things about this Jacksonville offense is I wish that they would push the envelope down the field more. They had one big long wheel route to Travis Etienne today. It wasn't even a wheel, a wheel route. He was just lined up as a wide receiver and he took off past the cornerback and he was wide open. And yep. Trevor Lawrence just throws these dimes. We should be able to see we should be able to see Calvin Ridley get open. We should be able to yeah. see Christian Kirk get open. And once this offense really starts clicking, this is going to be a scary good team. Doug Peterson's going to have this team ready for the playoffs in there. 
six yep. and two heading into their bye week, they're going to figure some things out. And mark my words, I got Calvin Ridley as top five wide receiver rest of the season. Coming back the okay. last eight weeks of the season, Calvin Ridley is okay. going to be a top five wide receiver. And I, I think that he's going to solidify his connection with Trevor Lawrence this week. I think that you're going to see him on a lot more um, routes over the middle where he's coming across on crossing routes. And they're just going to get him the ball and let Calvin really do what he can do in open space. And then Ingram and Kirk can just be out there in open space as checkdowns like they have been. They've been solid just safeties all year just for Trevor, Trevor Lawrence just to dump off the ball. And then utilizing Travis Etienne is their workhorse. Travis, yeah, e- they're gonna Etienne's they're gonna legit. change, yeah, they're gonna change it to the uh, Etienne zone down here in Jacksonville, yeah, because yeah. he's found the end zone seven times in the past four weeks, I believe, two two touchdowns yep. in the past three games and one today. He's been yeah, he's, he's been playing his butt he's on off. Fire. Yeah, I think that he hears Tank Bigsby behind him, and he said, "Nope." I got nope. this. Not I got this. Let me yeah, do my he's, thing. He's going to finish the top five running back on the season. I mean, he's just finding the end zone constantly. But, yeah, they go into the bye week next week, and then just looking ahead of their schedule, they got San Francisco, Tennessee, and then Houston. Those are their three games right after their bye week. So, San Francisco, not doing too hot. I mean, Jacksonville has a good shot for the rest of their, their kind of season. I mean, sitting at 6-2, and two, we'll see what they end up like. Yeah, and shout out to Andrew Wingard, the safety for Jacksonville Jaguars. Grew up right around the corner from us. Played at Rawson Valley yep. High School. Great interception today. It's a lot of fun to watch you play in the NFL, my man. Uh, on the Steelers side of the ball, Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson coming back from his injury. He showed up. He had a great week this week. We didn't see a lot of George Pickens today. They cannot run the ball with Najee at all. Nope. And then Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett got a rib injury. I believe it was a rib injury. And, I think it was a rib injury. He he and, left the game. Yeah. And uh, Mitch Trubisky makes his 2023 appearance, and just as we expected, it was not great. Classic Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> uh, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, what about I just wanted to highlight Deontay, Deontay Johnson had 14 targets. Dang. 14 targets is a ton. Like that's a ton of usage. That's a lot. Coming off of that's that, a lot of usage. Yeah. Off of that injury, he only had eight receptions for 85 yards, but 10 yards per reception. That's a that's a that's heck of a good. game, and uh, I'm excited to see him. He's another guy that I think the final stretch of the season he's going to be really important for that team and for a lot of fantasy managers and i would i would try and go out and pick him up if i if i uh needed him on my team i said yeah, that cuz he's, he's on all my team he's sitting on waivers somewhere in a league that you have i mean he's going to get production he he'll get targets he's a good wide out but yeah pittsburgh I, they need to rebuild their offense keep Deontay. Keep Pickens. Pickens is one of those kind of dynamic wide receivers that can create and make good plays, but Najee's not the answer. Kenny no, Pickett. They got to uh, just I'm, start I'm feeding Jalen Warren. Pickett. 
Yeah. Really? That's interesting. I think Kenny Pickett has a ton of talent. Really? I think that, yeah, I think that he, and he's a Pittsburgh boy. They love him in Pittsburgh. That is true. He played, he played at Pittsburgh in college, and they love him there. I think that this offense just needs to learn how to play together. We've seen a lot of injuries, and I think that they need to get rid of Najee. I think that they need to run the ball with Jalen Warren and let Mr. Dynamic yeah. just show his stuff. And if they want to bring in someone else, absolutely get some get some other guy that can pound the ball like Najee. But Najee just doesn't have the speed anymore, and he's not a threat on this offense, and so defenses just don't care. No. Yeah, if I was Pittsburgh, I'd be playing more and more. I mean, he's a good – like, oh, yeah. yeah, he's not the answer. But, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for that game. We just don't see a lot of shelf life with these big, with these big, burly running backs like we nope. used to. And other than Derrick Henry, I haven't really seen a lot of these like running backs have more than two, three good seasons in my lifetime. I mean, Peyton Hillis had a few dominant seasons and then just fell right off the map. And he's a guy that I think about. Yeah. Is just one of those hard nosed guys that's just going to pound it north and south, and you just can't stop him. Yeah, yeah. So I think that you do need a little bit of elusiveness, like Bijan and like Derrick Henry, which brings me to our next game, which was Bijan Robinson, the new Derrick Henry versus Derrick Henry, the on the yeah. on the way out Derrick Henry, and this this was kind of a funny game, so. We'll start off. The Tennessee Titans were wearing Houston Oilers jerseys today. The Houston Oilers jerseys look crisp. They look clean. Unfortunately, I don't think that Tennessee should be wearing them. If a team no. should be wearing them, J.J. Watt came out with a comment. And so these aren't, these aren't my words, but I understood J.J. Watt and where he was coming from as someone who grew up in that area and played for the Houston Texans. <laughs> Houston fans, the Oilers are Houston fans, not Tennessee fans. Not Tennessee. So, yeah, no. no. So, why should they be repping Oilers colors in Tennessee? I, I know that Tennessee was the franchise that came from the Oilers. Yeah. I just, uh, it just doesn't sit well with me. But the jerseys did look clean. The jerseys did, they were nice to look at. Yo. But you know what else was nice yeah, to look at was, clean. you know what else was nice to look at though was their their rookie quarterback Will Levis, Ryan Tannehill yeah, out, that dude. rookie boy Will Levis in. This man went nineteen will for twenty nine. Yeah, he will start the rest of the season for them. Yeah, yeah, he went nineteen for twenty nine, two hundred and thirty eight yards, four touchdowns, zero picks in his debut. That's crazy. Yeah, I, three of those a lot of, to DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, you got a lot of, and that's what you do when you're a rookie quarterback. You go to the old guy that you know you can trust. Yeah. You know, he threw a few to Traylon Burks down the sideline and some kind of iffy situations, but definitely DeAndre Hopkins was his cornerstone that he knew he could just get the ball to, let him work, and 
it paid dividends. Three of his four passing touchdowns went to DeAndre Hopkins. I know that that killed some guys in fantasy. Oh, yeah. This is a team that just sold their safety to the Eagles. Uh, Bayer just went to the Eagles. And a lot of people were saying this is a Tennessee team that is going to sell. They're going to sell DeAndre Hopkins. They're going to sell Travis, or I almost said Travis Henry. Whew, that was a long time ago. Derrick Henry. Travis Henry. Man, he was a good running back too. But I don't, do you think that this team's going to keep selling at the deadline? I thought that they looked pretty good offensively today against an Atlanta defense that I think is respectable. I don't think that Atlanta's defense is necessarily the best defense in the world, but they haven't let teams put 28 points on them this year. And Yeah. Yeah, no, again, I think Levis is going to be the start of the rest of the year. You get a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. Henry's going to do a Derrick Henry things, even though he's getting up there. But, yeah, if you can get DeAndre Hopkins and then – their next guy was Westbrook Akine. If you can get those two guys firing, their their offense can click and look good. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who they try to go after, if they're trying to sell or if they're trying to buy at the trade deadline, what they're they're looking for. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, Tennessee's sitting at three and four right now. And then, yeah, Atlanta um, will go down to four and, or four and four. And, obviously, that division is like – who knows who's going to come out of that division, but yeah, Desmond Ritter getting benched today, Taylor Heineke coming in. Like it was just a mess of a game for Atlanta and Tennessee was just on fire today. Levis had a great game. So I'll put another take out there right now. I think Atlanta's going to win this division with Taylor Heineke. We saw Taylor Heineke play really well for Washington commanders the past few seasons and the Washington football team before that. Yeah. Taylor Heineke's a baller. He'll go in. He won't make mistakes. He'll keep you in at the entire game. And this is a team yep. that's got weapons up and down the field. And so when they put Taylor Heineke in, we saw them gaining a little bit of momentum. Bijan Robinson catching passes out of the backfield. You got Kyle Pitts. You got Drake London. This team is. This team has all of the pieces to be successful. And Desmond Ritter just hasn't been able to distribute the ball. And so this yeah. is a team that I think can come out of the NFC South an abysmal division that the leader is tied at four and four. We've got the Saints and Atlanta tied at four and four. And then the Buccaneers coming off a bye uh, two weeks ago, they're only three and four. So they're a half game back. Yep. But I think, I think that this division is Atlanta's to lose if they stay with Taylor Heineke. Because I think that this team has a okay defense, and they've got great offensive weapons, and so they just need to be able to stay in games and not make mistakes and not shoot themselves in the foot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they've got the offense. Heineke's going to be the guy for the rest of the year, and they'll come out of the South, be able to be a wild card spot. We'll see. Yeah. So Desmond Ritter dropped back 12 times. Well, he threw the ball 12 times. I don't know how many drawbacks he had, but he got sacked five times. Dude's just holding the ball way too long. Yeah, Taylor Heineke had 21 passes. Got sacked once. Got sacked once. So, 
Yep. I think the biggest yeah, thing is... he's going to be a solid guy that just makes the right decision. It's like, if it's not there, toss it. Get rid of it. It's better than taking the sack. At least you get the other down. You don't lose yards. Um, yeah, he'll be he'll be the back. He's he's going to be a better distributor, I think, than, than Ritter is. Yeah, the thing that you just never know about is their coach. Arthur Smith is a wild card. I don't know what that man is thinking ever. And if it's not the quarterback shooting him in the foot, I think that he's going to be the one that's shooting him in the foot. Yeah. I don't really have anything more on that game. We can move on. Last of our morning games was Philadelphia and Washington. This was an awesome divisional matchup. Yeah, this was a great game to watch. Like, I was glued to this game. Washington came out and they played extremely well. Um, Ron Riviera is obviously going to be, in my opinion, Hall of Fame coach. He He's a great coach. He's put together tons of teams. Obviously, the Carolina team that lost to the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl, that was a great team. Um, but, yeah, he, he knows how to coach teams to be able to compete well. Sam Howell, that, that – that dude's going to be awesome for the commanders going forward. Um, the connection I want with to stop. him and Terry McLaurin. Go ahead. I want to stop and talk about Sam Howell for a second because looking at these two quarterbacks today, I'm going to give you both stat lines. And because I'm doing this, you know who I'm talking about. But one quarterback was 39 of 52, 397 yards for four touchdowns and one interception. And the other quarterback was 29 of 38 for 319 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Now, Sam Howell almost threw for 400 yards this game. And the one critique I have on Sam Howell, because I thought he played played an incredible game today. It seemed like he was rushing the ball on more than one occasion. And I'm sure he's been hearing, you've been sacked 40 times, you lead the NFL – in sacks, you need to get the ball out. You need to, you need to take care of not getting hit. But there's a few times where he had a clean pocket, and it's fourth down, third down, back to back plays. He throws it to Terry McLaurin, and he just whips the ball as hard as he can, and it's two, three feet off target, and McLaurin can't get yeah. to it. And McLaurin is yep. a great wide receiver. Like McLaurin's going to get his hands on it if you put it in his area. So just some of the best quarterbacks that we've ever seen, they don't need to throw the ball a million miles an hour. They just need to put it on target. And so yeah. that's going to be what Sam Howell has to figure out is, dude, you've got all the talent. You, you're you ready to do this. You almost threw for 400 yards today. And yeah, if he got sacked, it was only one time. Let's see here. He only yeah, got he sacked one sacked time. Much. He got sacked yeah. one time. And all I heard all week was Philly's going to destroy Sam Howell. So I put Sam Howell on my bench today, started Trevor Lawrence. Sam Howell balled out. This, yeah. this guy has so much talent, and he's going to be this franchise's franchise quarterback, which they've been waiting for. But, man, he needs to learn how to slow it down. He just needs to learn how to, yeah. how to just sit down back yeah. there, take a deep breath, and just hit his guys right in the numbers. Yeah. 
yeah, he's got a lot to learn still, but he's their their future for their quarterback. Again, like you're saying, you just got to put it on target. You've got great wide receivers. You got McLaurin. You've got Dotson. Dotson um, played got, awesome today. I was so Dotson glad to see him. Dotson was awesome today. Yeah, I, Dotson was. It was great to see Dotson in the mix. Um, you got Brian Robinson. I mean, they've got a great offense, and yeah, Howe's just got some maturing, some learning to go through. But yeah, that was a crazy game there at the end. I mean, pretty much it seemed like almost everybody on Philly scored, and then Terry McLaurin was just going off. I mean, you had A.J. Brown just throw the ball up. He's going to catch it. doesn't matter if there's like six guys around him. He's going to come down with the football He's and somehow be in bounds. Like, it's just crazy to watch that guy play, but... Julio Jones got in the end zone today. Uh, Smith got in the end zone finally. Smith has kind of had some struggle games in the last few. Um, so it was great to see the Eagles kind of click on all all cylinders as well. But I've just been waiting for some like great football games to watch because it seems like recent weeks there's not been great football. And th- this was a great game today. Yeah. DeAndre Swift got in the end zone as well. They had a hard time running the ball today. Uh, yeah. They... They split touches between Swift and Gainwell, and I just don't think Gainwell has it. I think that they need to just keep pushing with Swift. We'll see what that looks like. Yeah, Swift's, Swift's the guy there. But I might be crazy. I think that this Washington Commanders team is a few pieces away from being a really good playoff football team. If they could figure yeah. out how to stop the bleeding defensively, this is a really good offense. They're putting up. It's a great offense. They're putting they up. They got to figure the defensive side out, though. Yeah, and they've got Chase Young. They've got some really good young, talented guys on defense. It's just you yeah, can't get burned sweat. in the secondary. You can't be giving nope. up two touchdowns and almost how many yards did uh, AJ Brown have today? One hundred and thirty. You can't just one hundred thirty. Yeah, you can't let these wide receivers kill you like that. They're one of the worst teams against the past all year, and yeah. If they could stop the bleeding, they'd be a really good football team. Yep. That, there are a few pieces on defense away from being a great team. They they need some better secondary guys. Absolutely. All right. Let's fly to Seattle. Browns with P.J. Walker take on the Seattle Seahawks yeah. with Geno Smith. What were your takeaways yeah, from this, this game? Was... I know you were excited that JSN got in the end zone again. Yeah. And it's it's great to see. I mean, the beginning of the season, JSN was not getting utilized at all. I mean, he was getting like one or two catches. And at least from watching him in college, like he's a great wideout. He can get open. He's fast. He can create space. And so it was great to see him get in the end zone. Um, again, today, it was at the end of the game. So I would love to see some more like throughout the whole game, just utilizing him more. But yeah, Cleveland's defense is legit. I know Seahawks put up 24 today, but most of the points in this game didn't come until the very end of the game when it was kind of garbage time. Like, well, Cleveland's defense is legit. They, they Cleveland, can play. Cleveland gave up 17 points in the first quarter. And then yeah. the second and third quarter, they shut Seattle out. And so Seattle yep. came out hot with a good plan of how to get past this defense, and the defense really made adjustments. The defense really stepped up, and Cleveland actually came back. They were they were down most of the game, and they came back, and they were ahead twenty to seventeen, and unfortunately gave up a touchdown to end the game for them. I think these are two really good football teams. I think that PJ yeah. Walker actually has this offense moving, and I'm not afraid to say it. I think Deshaun Watson 
is terrible. And I think that you just ride the hot hand. P.J. Walker's moving this offense up and down the field. Maybe not the best quarterback, but he's moving him. He's moving him. And you got yeah. a defense. We've seen this recipe for Super Bowl teams where the defense just has to move the ball, score a few points, and not make mistakes. That's how the Broncos won their championship in 2015. And then the defense is yeah. just incredible. And so this is a team that I think could be uh, a season wrecker for some team come playoff time. You know? Yep. I don't I don't think that the Chiefs would be able to move the ball very well against this team. If this team went into Kansas City the first week of the playoffs, I think that Kansas City would fall apart against them. And so this will be a really fun team to watch down the stretch and look for them to ruin someone's season, whether it be the Chiefs or the Bills or someone that is really leaning hard offensively and they just find themselves in a defensive slow paced game that the Browns just squeak out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, PJ Walker today was 248, one touchdown, two interceptions. So the two interceptions kill him, but yeah, again, he's moving the ball. At least he's moving the ball. At least it's not coming in and they're just three and outs like back to back to back to back. Um, but yeah, I think these are two really great teams. I think they've just got some missing pieces somewhere that they've they just got to fill in. I mean, Seattle with their offense, and then obviously their defense just needs to step up. They need to get back to being the Legion of Boom. Yeah, for sure. And what we talked about earlier with Seattle putting up the points early on them, Cleveland gave up one drive, 80 yards right off the bat. And then the Cleveland offense fumbled, turned the ball over, and gave up a short score to Seattle. Seattle didn't score a touchdown the rest of the game until the end. Yeah. Like that defense was that defense was playing really well all game long from the first quarter. From the end of the first quarter yeah, until the end of the game. Yeah. They're a great defense that adjusts well. Like again, that first drive they kind of just got ran over and they're like, okay. We got to adjust some things, and then they made their adjustments, and they just they shut them out in the second and the third quarters. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, Seahawks division is not super great. Obviously, you've got San Francisco in there, but San Francisco has been having some struggles. Um, Cleveland should be a contender in their division. Obviously, you got the Ravens, but yeah, they're just a few pieces away from being really, really good teams. Well, with with today's win, the Seahawks actually are first place in the NFC West. Oh wow! So the so Seahawks, yeah, they're they're leading that division then. The Seahawks have already had their bye, so they've played seven games. They're five and two, and the Forty ers are going on their bye week this week. They're five and three. So the Seahawks actually yep. have a half game edge over the Forty ers as of right now. So they got okay. They can they can control their destiny the rest of the season. Unfortunately, I think the Packers or the Packers. Unfortunately, the 49ers, I do believe, are going to win this division. But Seattle's a sneaky good team. Seattle's just a team that could go in and beat any good team. We saw them go into Detroit and beat them. We saw them beat a really good defensive team this week. So, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a good game. It was a fun game to watch at the end. Yeah. There's a lot of fun games this afternoon. Another fun game was watching the Denver Broncos absolutely dismantle 
the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I'll throw this out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Because disclaimer, I guess Patrick Mahomes had the flu this week, and apparently Travis Kelsey doesn't play well when Taylor Swift, his boothang, isn't there. So mm-hmm. I guess this one doesn't really count for the Chiefs. But we finally beat them. Let's <laughs> go. Finally, broke a 16-game losing streak to them. Oh, my gosh. Like you are saying, like you and I have not seen the Broncos beat the Chiefs in our 20s, and we finally saw that today. This is the Broncos' first win over Patrick Mahomes ever. That's crazy. Patrick Mahomes is some crazy stat, like 27-4 and four against AFC West opponents. So it's not just the Broncos that yeah. have struggled against them, but the Broncos it's... have definitely been... Um, the worst against the Chiefs. Yeah. And so today we saw Vance Joseph's defense step up. We saw the Chiefs shoot themselves in the foot quite a few times. They had a special teams fumble. They had multiple turnovers, fumbles, interceptions. Mm-hmm. Just just a really bad game by the Chiefs. Really uncharacteristic. Yeah, This offense doesn't really have an identity. They've been running on their defensive prowess. Their defense has looked great the first eight weeks, and Patrick Mahomes has figured it out with Travis Kelsey and the rest of them. But without Tyreek Hill, this this team kind of sputtered last year offensively and was able to kind of figure it out down, down the stretch and win a Super Bowl. I don't think their offense is as good this year as it was last year. And no, the one caveat is I think if they get the ball to Rashi Rice, a little bit more. Let that let Rashi work in open space. I think that that's going to be one of their weapons going forward. But Isaiah Pacheco, I sh- I thought he was going to have a great game against Denver's run defense, and Denver's defensive line stood him up. Yeah, yeah, our defense stood up, like took a step up today. I think we were tired of just getting smacked by teams. And I was like, all right, let's let's pull our pants up and let's actually play some defense. Like we're tired of getting our butts whooped. So but yeah, the Chiefs, they need a wide receiver to be able to step up to take that pressure off of Kelsey. Because Kelsey's a great tight end. He's gonna find the open spot. But again, if you only have him, defenses are gonna figure out how to kind of bracket him, keep guys around him to limit what he's getting. It's like, yeah, you need either rice or Somebody else, Tony's not going to do it. Sky Moore is not going to be that guy. Like, you got to get a legit wide receiver in there that that takes the attention away from Kelsey. Yeah. This game had Super Bowl vibes from when the Chiefs played the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And the Buccaneers just suffocated them defensively. They played great coverage and just got pressure on Mahomes. And Yeah, if you can get to Mahomes and force him to, like, scramble i mean well that's the recipe you've seen teams do it yeah he's um, in my opinion mahomes is not i know he does some crazy stuff and it's the the ooh and the ah of it but i don't think he's a great scrambler like he can get out of the pocket and obviously he's gonna run but most qbs that can scramble are still creating options down the field when they scramble guys that get out of the pocket and can still launch it 30, 40 yards and make great plays. I mean, Mahomes can do that, but I think he's looking more for just the flashy play and what, what recognition and stuff can you get from that? 
And this is a team that will fight your weaknesses. And so they'll find you on a blitz and they'll attack you deep. Or they'll see you in yeah. zone and they'll just sit down in zone and find the open spot in the zone. And Travis Kelsey will kill you by a thousand cuts. But yeah. when you're playing really good defense and bracketing guys and sending different coverages and rushing for guys that can actually get to the quarterback and not letting him escape, that's that's been when we see Travis or Patrick Mahomes have the most problem in his career. And so expect teams to do this a lot more. Expect, especially down into the playoffs, watching teams that are really just highlighting Travis Kelsey and highlighting Patrick Mahomes is going to have to beat us. And it's going to have to be with Sky Moore. Yeah. It's going to have to be with Kadarius Tony, guys that can't catch the ball and can't even line up right on a lot of plays. And it's just not going to work yeah. out down the run for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're a great team. They got a lot of talent, but they're missing a few pieces offensively. And I think I think that they have a lot of a lot of holes to figure out moving forward because they don't look as unstoppable as they used to. Nope. Yeah, they they do not look like teams of the past Chiefs have had. So but yeah, it's awesome to see the Broncos beat them. Yeah, Russell Wilson still sucks. Russell Wilson Dude. still sucks. He's holding on the ball way too long. Somebody better tell him to take the stick him off his hand. Because, like, dude, get rid of the football. The entire game, all I'm doing is just yelling, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid yeah, of it, get rid it. of it, throw the throw ball. Throw... And then my, my, dad, <laughs> my dad calls me during halftime, and he goes, is Russell Wilson ever going to get rid of the ball? Like, <laughs> I actually just got off the phone with Russell Wilson, and he's still holding the ball. He will not get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's frustrating. I know most QBs have that kind of like internal clock going. It's like if you're getting to that three, four seconds, you're getting close, dude. Like you got to get rid of that thing. I mean, these guys are quick. They get off the line and Chiefs defense, they're rushed with obviously you got Chris Jones and you got other guys in there. Bolton, they're, they're going to get to you. Like they, they will find their way to get to you. So, but yeah, it's just super frustrating to see them sit back there and it's like, dude, it's, it's literally like nobody open down the field. But I also see the side of it too. I've seen games where it's like our receivers run their route and then they just sit. And it's like, okay, guys, keep moving. Like but just literally you've the all ball. played Madden before. You've all played Madden before. Like move, get in the open spot, toss it, throw it. Yeah, it's but it's just frustrating to see him hold the ball too long. What the frustrating thing is, is we have, the Broncos have Cortland Sutton. They have Jerry Judy. They have guys, Marvin Mims, that should be able to get open and open space. And you and I grew up playing football on the playground. And you might run a route or whatever, but you just go where the defense isn't. And this shouldn't yeah. be too hard for guys that when your route is over, start moving, start getting open. Because that's what sixth graders are doing on the playground. That's what the Miami yeah. Dolphins are doing every week. You just see Tyreek Hill going, That's literally oh, you know what? Miami does. there's no one over there. I'm going to run over there, and Tua is going to see it and just throw me the ball. Yeah, There's times where yep. Travis Kelsey has even said it. He says, I don't even run routes. I just run to where the defense isn't. And Patrick Williams yeah, gets me the ball. Yeah, I just run to the open spot, and I get the ball. Like, why can't more guys do that? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I know. So, nope. anywho, it's good to see Javante Williams. He looked... He's been looking good the past few weeks. I think that he's 
Yeah, Starting Javante to really, was awesome today. Really be back from the injury. I don't know if this Broncos defense is legit. I was excited today. I don't think that they are. I think that they'll fall apart in the next few weeks. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Let's head over to... Do you want to go to Arizona or San Francisco? Let's let's go to Arizona and Baltimore. Let's finish with uh, the Niners game. But yeah, head into Baltimore and Arizona. All right. So one of the... Biggest highlights from this game is that Kyler Murray, healthy, didn't play. Yeah. Uh, Didn't play football. I'm sure he played Call of Duty somewhere, but he did not play football today. (laughs) So Josh Dobbs behind center. The point spread on this game, they were expecting Baltimore to blow Arizona out. This was a nine and a half point point spread. This was what? A lot of people call a Joes versus pros type game. A lot of people mm-hmm. saw Baltimore's offense last week, said this is a high-scoring offense. This team is finally clicking. They're going to put up points, which they did. They put up 31 points. But we saw Arizona come in and squeak in a backdoor cover. And the final score was 31-24. Yep. to 24. I didn't think that there was much out of the ordinary for this game. The Josh Dobbs Cardinals, not a lot of talent, but they're, man, they're fighters. They like to stay in games. They like to keep it interesting with these teams. Gus Edwards had two touchdowns today. Lamar Jackson started off the day with a touchdown to Mark Andrews. Pretty typical Ravens game, pretty typical Cardinals game. Nothing yep. Nothing too crazy out of the ordinary. Anything you want to highlight on this game? No, again, like when I was looking at this game last week, I was like, this is going to be a high offensive game. And it turned out, I mean, you've got 55 points in this game. Um, So obviously the over hit. But yeah, I mean, I'll give it to Arizona. Like they just keep fighting. I can't, there was so many times where I was just like, they're bringing six, seven, eight guys at once. They're like, just go blitz. Like literally send everybody and just try to get to Lamar Jackson. Obviously, that's hard because Lamar is going to escape and scramble. But there was times, too, where I was like, dang, they they got in there pretty fast and they were able to get some sacks out of it. So I'll give it to Arizona. I mean, they're, they're fighting still to just keep playing football. I mean, again, if I was a dude in the league, it's like I'm not going to just not play. Like, there's a reason I'm playing this game. I love this game and I want to keep playing and have fun while I'm doing it. But, yeah, Ravens are – they're up there at least in my book, they, they can put some points up fast. Obviously, you've got Lamar Jackson. Mark Andrews is finally clicking this year after seeing him last year just struggle with healthy stuff. And they, their team, and it was fun to see, like, some other guys score today on the Ravens, too. Like, I think Gus Edwards got in the end zone. Like, they actually utilized some other guys on their offense. So, yeah, it, it was good. It was a high-scoring offensive game, too. So, that was fun to watch. Tired of all these defensive games. Man, defense wins championships. It's time for you to grow up. It does, but I love hitting overs. <laughs> <laughs> I just love hitting. So if it's under, over, if it's plus or minus, I do not care. I just want to see the little green dot, just like anyone else. Yep. Arizona is in a quick race with Carolina right now. Well, with Chicago for the number one pick, but Chicago has traded away their pick to Carolina. 
So mm. hypothetical for you, if you are the Arizona Cardinals, are you taking for Caleb Williams? And if, let me ask this a different way. You end up with the number one pick. Do you end up taking a quarterback like Caleb Williams? Or do you pivot and go Marvin Harrison Jr. or a defensive guy? Yeah, that's that's a tough question. Obviously, Caleb Williams is going to be one of these guys that come in and he's going to, the hopes for him are high, like to be a great quarterback that can come into this league and play well. Um, his ability to scramble, create opportunities, create offense. But yeah, I think Arizona's got to answer the question on like, do we want to keep banking on Murray and go with him and go after Marvin Harrison Jr. and build our offensive core? Or do we want to tank and go for Caleb Williams? In, part In my that, opinion, I would I would go for Caleb Williams. I don't. Of, I do not think Murray is their guy. Part of that is also going to boil down to they have Houston's first round pick this year as well. So if Houston, oh, they do. If Houston has a tough rest of season, they could end up with two top fifteen picks, which might change the which might change the outlook on their draft. Yeah, but. We can talk more about that over the off season, but let's let's highlight our last game. And I'm sorry, Jordan just asked me for my phone, which I'm using for stats and for different things because her <laughs> phone died. No, you so, have a cord no. that you can use. I'm using my phone for the podcast, baby. <laughs> okay, I am almost done. Can you give me 20 more minutes? Oh, that's the phone. I Dang. did. I did. I did. I did. I just, I love the part, like, go get your own cord. All right, we're on the segment where we try to figure out what's in Roger's kitchen. <laughs> I'm like, I'm and... trying to look back there, squint, 